0: Uh, yesterday we had a, a good day here. We had uh, our Trunk or Treat event and uh, went really well. Um, I want to thank everybody who worked so hard uh, for that. A number of you uh, brought your cars, decorated your trunks, handed out candy to the kids. And uh, then inside here we were having our Chili Fest and uh, the uh, one of our uh, small groups, the Jefferson Meadows uh, small group group. Uh, uh, oversaw that. And so we appreciate them doing that. And so it was just a really good day. And I uh, just want to, again, thank all of you who uh, took part in that. Uh, so yesterday during that event, we had a number of our members who were, you know, passing out candy to the kids in full costume. And uh, so Tears of Hammond, who you saw do an announcement here a minute ago, she was Willy Wonka. And uh, I have never watched that, but it was an awesome costume. Tirza is an overachiever, if you don't know that. So every year, her, her costumes are pretty elaborate. So, so that was cool. And uh, then V and Heather, who you just saw up here, uh, uh, V was the, the big bad wolf, and uh, their daughter was Little Red Riding Hood, and uh, Heather was the grandma, which I forgot was part of the story. Uh, so, so that was cool. Uh, Mark Werner was supposed to be an angry bird, but he refused to put on his costume, which was uh, frustrating. I would have paid good money to see Mark Werner in an angry bird's costume. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, there's just a lot of good stuff going on here. And uh, so all these folks in their costumes and um, the Habens were in Star Wars costumes and, and there were others. And then a lot of the kids that came, you know, dressed up to to come and get their candy. And so they had their little costumes and masks on. Of course, that's always uh, really cute. So as we were anticipating this event, getting ready for this event, it got me thinking about wearing masks. And, uh, you know, we all know what a mask does. It hides a person's identity. And all of us, throughout our lives, we face temptations uh, to wear masks, and not the costume kind, but the kind where the us that we show to everyone masks who we are in reality. And we're all tempted to do this, and we, we often do wear masks. And some of us have been wearing a mask, something that conceals the true us from everyone else for a very long time. We wear a mask of confidence when in reality we struggle with horrible self-doubt and low self-esteem. We wear a mask of financial success when in reality the fundamentals of our finances are in really poor shape. We wear a mask of being friendly when in the privacy of our own minds we dislike virtually everybody. I was looking for those who would laugh. (laughs) Uh, One writer from the Huffington Post creatively identified five masks people wear, and I wanted to share these with you. Uh, She said that some people wear the June Cleaver mask. And and with this mask, we give the impression that everything in our lives is perfect, uh, even when the truth is that uh, is the exact opposite, that really uh, things are a mess. We wear the Arnold Schwarzenegger mask. And with this mask, we take on the appearance of someone who is strong, uh, someone who is never phased by anything, when in reality, we're falling apart inside. Uh, The face we're showing everyone bears no resemblance to the true inner state of our lives. And of course, that's true of all of these types of masks. Uh, We wear the Albert Einstein mask. We, we so much want to be special in some way to stand out from the crowd that we go to great lengths to present ourselves as being uh, exceptional in some way. But, but even though we're putting forth that effort to appear that way, we live with a constant feeling that we're not what we claim to be and that we're going to be found out as being a fraud. And uh, this author noted that even when someone is truly exceptional in some way, uh, they can still live with that feeling of great inadequacy like they're a fraud and they're about to be uh, discovered, about, about to be found out. The fourth mask that she identified was the Mother Teresa mask. And the mask, um, this mask shows the world how much we love everyone. So it's really important to people who wear the Mother Teresa mask to, to make sure that above anything else, people know how nice we are. And so no matter how justified you'd be in, in telling someone that you disagree with them or that they have hurt you in some way, the person with the Mother Teresa mask will preserve their reputation uh, of being nice no matter what it costs them, even if it means being a doormat while they're inwardly becoming resentful at the kind of treatment uh, they're receiving. And then there's the Oscar the Grouch mask. Any of you know someone who wears an Oscar the Grouch mask? Don't point. Don't point. (laughs) This is the person who is like Biff from Back to the Future. And I know that reference is getting some age to it, but let me just, parents, uh, suggest. uh, Well, first of all, I hope that if you grew up in the 80s and you now have your own kids, that you have done your parental duty and introduced your children to Back to the Future. If you have not, you have really dropped the ball as a parent, and you need to introduce them, but, but bleep out the one bad word at the beginning. All right. Okay. Everybody awake? Yeah. All right. So uh, so this person that wears the Oscar the Grouch mask is like Biff from Back to the Future, really any bully in any Hollywood movie that you've ever seen. there. They they look mean and nasty. They act mean and nasty, but it's really just a cover for how insecure they are and how bad they feel about themselves. And and of course, there's a lot more complexity regarding the kinds of masks people wear than these five examples can cover. But the point is, is that we're uh, often tempted to wear masks, and and we do wear masks, and some people wear multiple masks. You know, as I went through those five. Examples, if you're being honest with yourself, some of you may have said in the past, or if you're being real honest with yourself, you might say, right now, I can identify two or three of those masks that I'm wearing. And I want to mention two more masks. The first one might fit in one of those categories I just mentioned, but I want to go ahead and and, uh, kind of highlight this one again. And that is what I would call the good person mask. Uh, the, the person that wears this mask, it's really important to them that everybody around them see them as a good person, no matter how compromised goodness might be in their lives. I have seen people in some of the most unethical and sinful situations who could not talk about anything else but what a good person they were. And they might do this in the context of just having, like, listed out all of the wrong things they were involved in, and then they end it with something like this, but I'm a really good person. I'll take your word for it. And the last mask I'll mention is the Christian mask. The person that wears this mask has decided that it's important to be identified as a Christian But in their personal lives, where it's only them and God, there's nothing happening that in any objective sense would identify them as a Christian. And so we are tempted, and we often do wear masks. Why do we wear masks? Well, I'm sure a professional counselor, a psychologist could answer this better than I will, but uh, but I, I think there are at least a few things that... Uh, that I can say pretty accurately about why we choose to wear masks. And here's the first one. We want to manage other people's perception of us. We, We calculate that it's better for those around us to see us in a way that is not actually accurate than it is to see us as we really are. We decide that it's preferable to be seen as mean than it is to be seen as insecure. And so we put on the Arnold mask, or we put on the the Oscar the Grouch mask, and we might end up with a reputation of being a bully, but we are better with that, we feel better about that face, than we do people seeing us as insecure. We perhaps grew up in the church, and so most of our friends and family are Christians. And we know that these people around us are going to be very troubled If they ever see behind the mask and discover that we aren't really Christians, that we've never really trusted in Christ, don't have a genuine commitment to Jesus, and so we wear the Christian mask because it's good for our social lives and it it, it just causes us much less grief to keep that Christian mask on even though it's hiding a different reality. So we wear masks to manage other people's perception of us, and we can even wear masks to manage our perception of ourselves. I don't know if you've noticed this about yourself, but we human beings can fool ourselves into believing stuff about us that's not actually accurate. We can be gossipers, have a lot of bitterness in our hearts, tell lies frequently, lust after anyone and everyone, Cheat on our taxes, commit adultery, slander people, and all the time we have a death grip on this, I'm a good person. It's like every morning when we wake up, before we look at ourselves, we, we, we real quickly slide a good person mask over our face so that when we go to the mirror, we on some level can convince ourselves that we're a good person. Now I want to be clear, it is true that good people can do bad things. So I'm not saying if you did something bad this week that that necessarily means you're a bad person, but there's something we need to be careful of, and that is when we are in the midst of doing bad, and all we want to do is manage our reputation and make sure that everyone knows how good we are, and we... You know, keep telling ourselves how good we are, we are at risk of living in such a dissonant way that it can eventually lead us to the place of just being bad people who aren't being honest with ourselves. And so we have to be careful about this. And so we manage our perception of ourselves to avoid dealing with inconvenient facts about what we're doing, what we've become, and how much work it would be to change. So we wear masks to manage other people's perceptions. We, manage masks to, uh, we wear masks to manage our own perception of ourselves. And we do these things, I think, fundamentally because we are afraid. We're afraid. We're afraid of the hit our reputation will take if people know the truth. We're afraid of the hard work it's going to be to overcome the destruct- destructive habits and patterns in our lives if we admit the truth about ourselves. We're afraid people won't think well of us anymore if they know who we really are. We are afraid that people will reject us if they see us without our mask, if they see us for who we really are. And here's something I think we intellectually know is impossible, but many of us nevertheless convince ourselves of. I think that many of us think that by wearing our mask, we can even manage God's perception of us. Now, I'm going to admit to something that I, I tend to think I'm not the only one that this would be true of. I have found myself before repenting of something, uh, you, you know, saying a prayer where I was saying, God, I'm, I'm sorry for this sinful thing that I've done or this sinful attitude that I've had. I've been right in the middle of that type of communication with God, and it has occurred to me, I'm not being sincere here. I'm saying to God what I ought to be saying to God, but it's not actually connected to the reality of my heart at this moment. And so basically what I'm doing in those moments is I'm I'm mouthing the words to God that ought to be coming from a pure heart and I'm hoping that maybe somewhere deep down there there's just enough smidgen of sincerity that the prayer is acceptable to God. Uh, I'm essentially trying to manage God's perception of me. Now maybe I'm uniquely broken but I don't think so. I, I think that we sometimes even subconsciously Try to manage God's perception of us. We, we try to conceal ourselves from God. We try to wear a mask even with God. But God sees behind the mask. And that's what our text in Hebrews today is going to tell us. Now, I want to, Jeff, if you could, uh, could bring that up here, my trusty assistant, Jeff Hammond, why don't you give Jeff a hand, one of our elders. all-around good guy and heartbroken Buckeye fan. So I have a mask here that I'm going to put on. Hello. Hello, I am Batman. That wasn't a very good voice. My wife put me up to it. Now, I have put a mask on. I have a question for you. Do you know who I am? (laughs) That's right, I'm Batman, you're right. All right, you guys are just like the first service, ruin a good illustration by not answering the right way. (laughs) Of course you know who I am. You watched me put the mask on. So, So there are two reasons, at least two reasons, maybe more, but there are at least two reasons why even though I'm wearing a mask right now, you know who I am. And the first I just mentioned, and that is you saw me put it on. You, you, you can't be fooled. I can't fool you when you sat right there and watched me put the mask on. But here's the second reason. Even if I had put the mask on in my office before I came out here today, unless this is your very first time with us, you would still recognize me. You, you would perhaps recognize my voice. You'd recognize the shirt that I've worn 500 times before. Maybe, maybe you would recognize how I walk. I once was somewhere out in public and someone said, hey, are you related to, and he named him my cousin. And I said, yeah, I, I am actually. And I said, what, like, how would you even ask that if we've never seen each other? And he said, well, it's because of the way you walk. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> So there would be something about me that if you know me, the mask, would not, the mask would not fool you. You would still know that it was me. God knows everything. God sees everything. We cannot conceal our identity from him. God watches us put our masks on. You might have been wearing a mask for decades. God saw the exact moment that you put the mask on. He saw it. You could put on a different mask now. And even if God slept, which God doesn't do, and he didn't see you put the mask on, which he did, but if he didn't, once he woke up, he'd still know who you really are behind the mask because God... Knows everything. Our masks are pointless with God because He sees all and He knows all. And that's what our text today tells us. The truth is that no matter how hard we try to conceal our true identity from others, from ourselves, from God, the truth is that God sees what our masks are meant to hide. He sees it. I was thinking of wearing this throughout the rest of the sermon. But it's a little bit more uncomfortable than I anticipated. (laughs) And I have a feeling you might struggle to take me seriously. (laughs) Not sure why. I mean, it's a pretty serious looking mask, right? But I'm gonna take it off. So, our text, Hebrews 12. uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews 4, verses 12 and 13. Here's what they say. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Let that sink in. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Literally everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of God to whom we have to give an account of our lives. God sees behind the mask. God knows the real us that the mask is meant to conceal. God knows we're insecure, even when the mask we wear is one that makes us appear strong. He knows that our lives are a mess, even if the mask we wear makes it look like our lives are all together. God knows how hurt we are inside by all of the sins that have been committed against us, even if the mask make us look like we're really emotionally whole and healthy and even Happy-go-lucky. God knows how good we really are or aren't, no matter how perfectly we have maintained our I'm a good person mask. God knows if we're living lives that are surrendered to him or if we aren't. He, he, he knows uh, if the mask is, is putting on a false face that says we're faithful and pious, even though that's not true about us. He knows the difference between those of us who have truly trusted in him for salvation and those who are simply wearing the mask of being a Christian because we've calculated that there's some social advantage to doing that. Nothing is hidden from God. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before him. We can maybe hide our true identity from each other, but we cannot hide it From God. We can cover up our brokenness, conceal it with a mask, so that those around us think we're whole even when we're broken. But God sees the brokenness that we hide from others, and God sees the brokenness that we might even try to deny to ourselves that is there. We wear masks because we're afraid. What mask are you wearing because you're afraid? We're afraid people won't respect us if they know the real us. We're afraid people will reject us if they see the real us. And we're afraid that we will not be loved if the real us is ever seen. Hebrews tells us that everything is uncovered and laid bare before God He sees who we are behind the mask, and Hebrews tells us that He loves us anyway. Whatever it is that you have calculated is is so wrong with you, so flawed, so messed up that people or God can't love you because of it, God sees that. Your mask is not covering that from God. He sees you exactly as you are, and He loves you. Verses 14 and 15 of our text say Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. So we have this high priest who has ascended into heaven. And of course, the one who ascended into heaven is the one who condescended to leave the glory of heaven and come to earth, take on human flesh, live among us, He lived a sinless life in perfect obedience to God. He died on a Roman cross for my sins and your sins. And then he rose to life again, proving that the penalty had been fully paid for all of the sins of all men and women. And he did this, John 3.16 tells us, because God loved us so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Today's text tells us that Christ was tempted in every way we are. He just didn't sin. But because he faced everything we face, he empathizes with our weaknesses. He empathizes with what he sees behind the mask. He looks behind it. He sees everything we truly are, flawed, insecure, not as good as we pretend to be, deceitful, sinful, broken. He sees us as we really are. He understands and empathizes with us about our brokenness and he loves us just like we are. Friend, your mask is not hiding anything from God. He sees and he knows the full truth about you and he loves you anyway. God sees what the mask is meant to hide. He loves us anyway and he welcomes us to come to him just as we are. His arms are open. He welcomes us just like we are. Verse 15 again, and then looking at verse 16. For we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence confidence. Even though everything has been uncovered, everything has been laid bare because Jesus understands us, because he loves us we are encouraged to approach him with confidence. Confidence. God welcomes you just as you are, broken though you are, to approach him, to come to him with confidence. Whatever the truth behind the mask is, God still welcomes you. He still invites you. He still desires you. There is nothing behind your mask that will cause God to resist you, to keep you at a distance, to avoid you. He won't send you away. He won't see you coming and walk down the other aisle at Kroger. God will not do that to you, He sees you just as you are. He loves you and he welcomes you. He's not going to reject you. Your fears are unfounded. God won't reject you because he he welcomes you just as you are. And he does even more than that. Verse 16 again. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Not only does God love you, not only does God welcome you, But God wants to, and God is able to, help you. He'll help us in our time of need. What do you have need of? What kind of help do you need from God? He can help you. Is your self-esteem shattered? God can help you. As he begins to reveal to you how valuable you are to him, your damaged self-image can be mended. Insecure. God can give you confidence. Wearing your good person mask, but the truth is that you're involved in ongoing and habitual sin, God will forgive you, and then God will give you the power, the strength, to begin to live a life that does not require the mask. Is your anger really just masking some Deep disappointment and emotional hurt. God can heal hearts. God can restore joy. You look like you have it all together, but really your life is falling apart. God can come in and He can help in the most difficult circumstances, or maybe it's worse than that. Maybe your life looks like it's all together, but it isn't falling apart. It has actually fallen apart. God can help you rebuild your life. God sees what is behind your mask. He loves you anyway. He welcomes you as you are. And he can help you. God will repair your brokenness. He heals broken hearts. He restores joy. He strengthens those who are weak. He's able to help however we individually need help. So friend, if you will remove your mask, it'll be okay. You've convinced yourself for years that it wouldn't be, but it will be okay. You're afraid of removing your mask, but you don't need to be. And really, removing our mask is something we have to do if we want help. Removing our mask is being honest about ourselves and in order for God to help us, we have to get to the place where we're willing to be honest about ourselves before God. As soon as we get honest, as soon as we are willing to remove our mask and turn to him, what we find is that our fears were unfounded because God does not reject us. He welcomes us and he helps us. And here's something else that I think everybody here today needs to hear. The enemy of your soul wants you to continue living with your mask. You see, the enemy of our souls, he wears masks constantly. He, he disguises himself as an angel of light. He, he, he's always presenting a false face to us, and he wants us to do that. He, he hides his identity, and he wants us to live always hiding. And one of the ways that the enemy of our souls convinces us to keep our mask on is by telling us that all of the people around us in the church won't understand if we remove our mask. He tells us that they'll turn on us. They won't accept us. They'll reject us because they're a bunch of self-righteous jerks who just want to judge me. Now, full disclosure. Most churches somewhere hiding in the corners have a self-righteous jerk or two. I cannot promise you that you will never encounter a self-righteous jerk. But here's what's true of the vast majority of Christians, okay? Like I, my own experience, I'd say like, of Christians, here's what's true. We know the mess that our own life was before Jesus came into it. We remember that fairly well. And we remember the mask that we had to remove from our lives. We remember how we had to get honest with God about ourselves. And here's what most Christians know as well that is, we know we are still broken. That there's still brokenness in our lives that God is trying to help us with through a lifelong process called sanctification. If a Christian knows anything about the gospel and the Bible and themselves, what they know is they have not arrived, they are being changed. And often it's two steps forward, one back. Two steps forward, three back. Hopefully over time it moves in the right direction, but it's always this process of moving forward, falling back, moving forward a little bit more. It's a lifelong process called sanctification. We know that. We understand that about ourselves. And so as people who had to remove our own mask and come to God for help, we consider it an honor and a privilege to support someone else as they walk that same path and they remove their mask. The enemy lies. When he tries to convince you that removing your mask will result in rejection, it simply is not true. It won't be that way. Other people who have had to remove their own mask, they'll support you as you do. They'll accept you And they'll rejoice over you as you approach God's throne and receive his mercy and his grace and his help. God sees what you're trying to hide with the mask that you have on. He sees behind your mask and he loves you anyway. He welcomes you. He'll forgive you. And he'll repair your brokenness. And he'll send people to support you. As you remove your mask, turn to him and let him help you and change you. Here's the truth about masks. I took this off earlier because it was uncomfortable. All of the masks that we wear are uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable. And they keep us from the kind of love that That God wants to show us. And really they keep us from the kind of love that we need to receive from one another. Because to truly experience the love we need, it has to be based in honesty. There's nothing good about masks. They're just uncomfortable. So today, remove your mask. Remove it. I promise you, You'll be okay if you do. In fact, you're going to be a lot better off. Why don't you stand?